For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in this sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your host, Spencer Newharth. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, powered by First Light. I am Spencer Newharth, and this is the kickoff episode to season six of the miniseries. Welcome to episode 448 of the Wired Hunt podcast, and this is the first episode of season six of our Rut Fresh Radio miniseries. Six seasons, Mark. Can you believe it? It's crazy. I can't believe we've been doing this that long. We are we are getting old, my friend. <laughs> yeah, and the, the same conversation happened last year at the beginning. It was like, is it season five? No, no, it's season four. No, it's season five, uh, and it was the same sort of realization. So, Season six, September one is when this episode will drop. And this is the earliest we have ever released a Rut Fresh radio episode. Um, If you are not familiar with the podcast, this is something that's going to come out every single Wednesday from here until the end of 2021. And on a traditional episode, which this is not, you're going to hear a little intro from Mark and I, uh, where we talk about what we've seen in the woods recently and and maybe some historical patterns that we've noticed around this time of year. And then you're going to get interviews from four or five whitetail hunting experts from voices that you're probably familiar with um, that span across the country. And you're going to hear what they've seen for the last week and what their preview of the hunting activity to come is. And some of the things that you're going to hear talked about are Moon phases, weather patterns, crop status, browse status, hunting pressure, sign making, anything that a whitetail hunter cares about. You're going to hear from public land hunters and private land managers and bow hunters and gun hunters and aggressive hunters and patient hunters and mobile hunters in a tree and still hunters on the ground and traveling hunters that are out of state and those that are on their own turf. The idea is to like bring you the most timely deer reports available anywhere in our space. And this is just, you know, a preview of what's to come for the week and and what these hunters have already seen. And we're going to wrap the whole thing up in 25 minutes. So you can listen to this on your lunch break at work or on your commute to work or uh, wherever you can find just 25 minutes in your weekly schedule. Mark, anything to add to to what rut fresh is? Yeah, I would just add that my goal every week will be to stress you out by using some kind of long drawn out <laughs> story to really, really push it tight to that 25 uh-huh. minute <laughs> limit and see if I can stretch out longer. <laughs> That's right. No, but I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. We, we want to help people with in the field insights that they can put into action themselves the very next day. And, uh, and that's what we've been doing now for five years and this will be the sixth. And, 
I think the one thing that's a little bit different this year, Spencer, that, you know, of course, you know, is I've got a crazier than usual travel schedule this year. I've got nine out of state hunts. So I think I'm going to be gone eight or nine weeks this fall and sometimes completely off the grid for a long period of time. So I think there's going to be more weeks than usual that I'm just not going to be able to join you for the intro. So you have the keys to the castle, my friend. I'm going to let you run with this uh, as much as you want, and I'll be here when I can be there. If not, um, you know, I'm sure you will handle these episodes beautifully. Maybe you can bring a friend along or two as well, and, uh, you know, the show will go on. So I'm excited that uh, we're in a position now that you – you have uh, put together a beautiful, a beautiful thing here with Fresh Radio, Spencer, and I know the, the listeners out there know you and are excited to hear from you every week. So that's the only thing that's really different. Otherwise, we're going to keep on getting great, up to date from the field reports, and uh, we don't have those today, though, do we, Spencer? Today's a little bit different because we are, you know, seasons have only opened maybe today or yesterday or tomorrow in the states that are opening this week. But I, I did feel like. Shoot, for people that do have a season right now, I'd hate to not to have anything for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're recording this on August 31st, and I feel like some of the only states open in the country right now are maybe like there's a very early season in Tennessee, a very early season in South Carolina. Florida, of course, has has a weird rut that starts earlier than the rest of the country. Uh, but then the day that this episode drops, September 1, you have a whole bunch of states west of the Missouri River that are opening. Um, You have like uh, Kentucky that opens. So this is a podcast for them. What you're going to miss on this episode, like like we've said, you're not getting those interviews. Um, So you're not going to get these one to 10 questions that I, I ask everybody. And what that is at the beginning of every interview, I ask every guest, I say in the last week or so, what has been the buck activity on a scale of one to 10? And at the end of the interview, I asked the same question this coming week. What do you predict the activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10? So hopefully if you're sort of passively listening to this episode, you're in your garage torquing on some wrenches or something, you pipe up for those two questions. um, So you can either get excited or feel pessimistic uh, about the movement to come. How do you, how do you see people using this? on a week to week basis, Spencer, because we've got to talk to a lot of people and we've got to hear stories and things. And, and, and when I hear that, you know, when I listen myself and I, I listen oftentimes when the new episodes drop to hear all the interviews that you do. Um, and it often, it doesn't necessarily make me feel pessimistic if I feel, if we hear bad reports from people, but it does change my plans a little bit. You know, if maybe, you know, there might be something new coming down the road in the forecast or there might be something, you know, when we get into October and we're talking about pre-ride activity and things, and it might just be the little edge I need to say, you know what, I do want to get aggressive and jump in on this crazy thing I was going to do. Or maybe, you know what, eh, everyone west of me over the last couple of days has been seeing a really slow activity. Maybe I should pull back and just hunt does on the edges tomorrow. It's that kind of stuff. It just kind of slides my reactions a little bit this way or that, or sometimes it'll spark a little idea that gives me this kind of creative, you know, push to try something new or to consider this idea that so-and-so recommended. Um, well, are there any other ways you've been seeing this stuff be useful for you or your listeners? No. And that's, you, you put it really well there, Merck. Um, 
pessimism probably isn't the right word for it. It's probably just adjusting your hunting style for what's to come. If if it is uh, an episode that drops on October 13th and you have yet to be in the woods this fall, but you are going to be in the woods on October 15th and 16th and 17th, uh, hopefully what you hear from our guests can give you uh, like an idea of what you should be doing this weekend. If you should be really aggressive and you should be hunting in cover around acorns or um, the weather has been stagnant um, and, and it's going to be even hotter this coming weekend. And so maybe you should do something untraditional like uh, hunting near water or you should play it safe and hunt an observation stand and, and sort of get ready for pre-rut that's to come in a few weeks. So you're right. It's not, it's not so much about being optimistic and pessimistic. It's just about like appropriately adjusting your hunting style. Um, and so because we don't have these four guests to talk to this week, I sort of went back and looked at what we've maybe heard from in other early September episodes and what sort of successes we've seen with those folks. And, and there was one thing that really jumped out to me when I was talking to hunters that were successful, whether it was in North Dakota or Kentucky or Nebraska. Um, and one of them is that they rarely entered the woods blind on September 1st and then had success. Um, we, we published an article recently on the media.com by Sam Lundgren that talked about how to kill a bull elk on opening day. We also published an article from Dylan Tramp about how to kill a whitetail buck on opening day. And it was really eye-opening that the sentiment from sort of both of them was like, you have to know where the bulls and the bucks are. It's This isn't the rut. This isn't like November 6th where you can enter the woods and uh, just like pick up on some fresh sign and then have really good odds at, at killing a deer. You need to have some intel, whether that's from boots on the ground scouting or long distance glassing or trail cameras or just knowing historical patterns. That is is like sort of the difference maker this time of year between somebody like having good bucks in the area and they kill one or they don't. Yeah, I think you're right. This is the time for surgical strikes. This is the time for careful thought through hunts, you know, going in for a reason to a spot for a reason with a plan in place, expecting a specific movement pattern. I mean, that's definitely going to give you your best chance. There's, there's very little of that willy nilly movement right now. Deer are doing things in specific places for specific reasons. And you got to know that you got to know where that's at. And if you don't know where that's at, when you start your hunt, I think you need to spend some time on the front end figuring that out. So for example, I'm out here on an early season whitetail hunt myself right now, which, which I'll talk a lot more about next week. But the first day we got into this area, we weren't hunting, we were scouting. We got out and glassed and observed. And then the next day we went in, slipped into some spots and are hanging cameras. So it's all about getting that intel so that we can start making thoughtful strikes. So you make a really good point. I think that is, that's key. And, you know, the great thing about these really, really early seasons and really the great thing about any opening day is that these deer have not been pressured for months and months and months, right? So they are operating normally, but that will only last so long. So you get a handful of hunts before they catch on to you. So you want to make sure those first few hunts, those first few days, you know, are, are, are smart. They're taking, taking advantage of them because, you know, three, four, five days in all of a sudden they, they know, Hey, we're getting hunted. Time to switch it up. So be smart with those first hunts and take advantage of these patterns that are still there. Yeah. And another common denominator 
from the early September rut fresh successful hunts that we've talked about. And this will come as a surprise to nobody that food was a common denominator. Um, of course, you have your obvious food sources that any hunter can identify like corn or beans or hay fields. But what are maybe some of the less obvious food sources, Mark, um, that hunters should be looking for this time of year? You know, it's so location dependent. There's not any one thing, but I do think a, a very generality or a generality to keep in mind is, is simply the importance of browse and the importance of native vegetation. You know, there are some places I've hunted. I remember one year on a September hunt, um, I was assuming that the deer would be keying in on alfalfa fields, but they were pretty far away. And I thought there'd be this big, long travel pattern back and forth to those alfalfa fields. What turned out to be the case is that there was actually this really lush food right along a river bottom, right on the river's edge. And more deer were just going and hanging out right on the river edge and feeding on that vegetation than traveling half a mile to the alfalfa. So that was all of a sudden something I didn't really pick up on until the end of the trip. But once I did, oh, well, here it is. Here's the bed to feed pattern. They're just traveling right to the edge of the water and walking along and feeding on that. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Find out, you know, watch the deer, watch what they're doing, observe and take notice of that. If there's certain types of, you know, if there's certain types of things they're browsing on more than others, go take a look at that the next day and see if that's something you can key in on elsewhere or little openings in the timber, little spots where more sunlight gets down there and there's a diverse mix of vegetation. Those are simple things, especially if crop fields are not available in your spot, in your area that are worth keeping tabs on because that's sometimes the best food available. Uh, another thing which super dependent on what's going on in your area, but any kind of mass tree, fruit trees, persimmons, if there's anything like that that's dropping early, um, you know, obviously key in on something along those lines, but that would have to be, you know, what's happening in Florida will be very different than what's happening in Kentucky, which will be very different than what's in North Dakota. So the key thing I think is be watching and be very, very attentive to what those deer are feeding on. So when you're glassing or, if you've got a camera that's overlooking the field, pay attention to what those deer are keying in on right now. Once you know that, then that's what you need to key on. But you got to connect those two dots. Yeah. Um, there's just a ton of food available right now. And one of my favorite articles that we've published so far in 2021 was something you wrote, Mark. It was 10 natural food sources every deer hunter should know. And if you are a whitetail hunter in September or October, you should go check that out um, because Everything in there or, or most of the stuff in there is relevant to hunters across the country that are trying to kill a whitetail. There's a ton of options right now. So it's worth knowing what those options are besides the corn, soybeans, and hay fields. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, you know, if you do have fields, it's it's pretty hard to beat alfalfa or clover right now. Or if you've got green soybeans, I mean, if you do have those, just don't forget about how effective those can be. Yeah. And then the, the third um, factor that's come up in early September successful haunts that we've talked about in the past on Rut Fresh Radio, and this has been less of a theme, but it's still something to consider, especially this year, but that's hunting water. This is specifically relevant for hunters in the Dakotas or Nebraska or Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, which are also all states that have early September openers. But if you look at the drought monitor map for 2021, 
every single one of those states, pretty much anything west of the Mississippi is in like a D3 or a D4 level drought, which is like extreme level droughts. And so maybe water hasn't really been part of your game plan in the past when you're hunting in uh, early September to early October. But for hunters in that part of the country, that should absolutely be part of the playbook this year. 100%. You, you brought up a really good point with that drought. I mean, water can be so the effectiveness of hunting water can be so dependent on the availability of it. Right. And so when it's a rare commodity, it all of a sudden really focuses that movement to the few places where it's found. So our mutual friend, Tony Peterson and a fellow wired to hunt podcaster actually is doing a series that talking about water right now on his foundations mini series. So if folks haven't been listening to that, make sure you pull up the episodes of foundations, which come out every Tuesday and this month, I think this week and last week or this week and next week or come up here soon, he's got several episodes all about this very topic. So how to take advantage of hunting water, standing water, moving water, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to deep dive on that aspect, tune into that because Tony is a master at using water, especially at early season public land whitetail hunts. He's really figured it out. Yeah. And a spoiler, but this is something that's going to be a theme for probably every episode going forward of Rod Fresh this year. If you hunt left of the Mississippi River, um, you're probably dealing with this drought that makes an impact right now where water sources are limited. In a few weeks from now, we're probably going to know uh, what the damage has been from EHD. A few weeks after that, we're going to be talking about how it's been a really early harvest because these places didn't get a lot of rain. Um, so that's something that uh, despite... Deer, hunting's may, deer hunters may be not paying attention to the weather in June, July, August. Uh, it's going to have an impact for the rest of the fall. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, a really interesting point. And, and now that we've kind of done this so many years, we, we can sort of see how there are those trickle-down effects where one thing impacts the whole season kind of unexpectedly. But now we're, we can, I can see those patterns now that you bring that up. It's interesting. Yeah, and so looking specifically at the forecast for this weekend. I'm not seeing anything out of the ordinary for weather. It's not going to be really hot. It's not going to be really cold for any states that have the early September opener. But I have noticed like really erratic wind directions that I normally don't associate with this time of year. Um, And that's something that can really benefit mobile hunters that have the ability to hunt a southwest wind one night, tear down, and then hunt a northeast wind the next night, tear down, and then hunt a west wind the next night. I know that's a strategy that you're going to be using here, Mark. So like, what is your early September gear list look like now versus how is it different in, in October, November, specifically with your mobile hunting gear? Yeah, you, you make a good point. Um, I've, I've noticed the same thing. Pretty standard, pretty, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking here for? Temperatures that are all kind of average temperatures right now. Pretty stable is what I was looking for. But the wind, not as much, which is kind of funky. And so... Yeah, being mobile is a great um, it's a great tool to have in your toolbox when you have a hunting situation like that. And I am, like I mentioned, hunting that style right now. I don't think my gear looks terribly different right now than at other times of the year, with a few exceptions. Um, but you know, the key for me is having a good, silent, lightweight pair of climbing sticks and some kind of you know uh, elevated hunting tool. So for me, that means a saddle. Some people would use a mobile tree stand. But the big thing is just making sure that you have that system dialed. So being very comfortable getting up in the tree quietly, 
quickly and efficiently. That's something that, you know, if you've got a hunt coming up this weekend and you're listening to this on a Wednesday and you plan on being out there on Saturday and you are going to be hunting mobile, here's one piece of advice I can give you. Take a half hour tonight or an hour tomorrow and go practice climbing up in a tree in the yard. Do it quietly. Do it with all your gear. Use the whole thing and just get the kinks out of your system. Make sure you remember that, oh yeah, I got to make sure I clip on my stick to my right hip and don't forget to tie on my bow rope or all these little things. I mean, for me, every year, the first hunt of the year, the first couple hunts of the year, there's just always something stupid I forget or something silly that I do wrong. So get a practice running before you start hunting. Make sure that when you get out there on that first hunt, that that first hunt is as good as it possibly can be. Because we alluded to earlier, you know, we only get a few first hunts of the year. So you want to take advantage of them. But yeah, I'm going in there with my lightweight climbing sticks. I go in there with my saddle. I can slip in, you know, just yesterday, this is what I did on our, our opening day. We were slipping in quietly and got set up in a brand new spot and didn't turn out the way I wanted. So I pulled everything down after dark and I'm slipping out again. And now today I can set up in a brand new place, adjust based off wind direction, adjust based on sightings. Um, and you're not beholden to anything. You can constantly be on the best sign with the best wind every single day. It's, it's a great way to do it. It is a little extra work. Um, but it's one of those things that, um, I I always think is worth it. So highly recommend that mobile system when you've got wonky winds like this, it's really easy. If you're just stuck on permanent sets to say, well, wind's not quite right, but I've got that set already set up. So might as well hunt again. Um, you don't have that temptation when you're constantly adjusting based off what's there with a mobile setup. So, uh, highly recommend it. Definitely a good tool with this forecast coming up. And you've already been in the field, Mark, and has some intel in a way that most hunters across the country probably don't. So although this isn't the traditional episode with the four guest lineup and, and talking to hunters from across the nation, I do want to ask you, like, what is your prediction for the coming week on a scale of one to 10 for buck movement? Yes. I'm glad we get at least one of these predictions in here. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we have a relatively unexciting forecast and I, you know, both in the West where I am, as well as over in Kentucky, North Dakota, South Dakota, a bunch of these states that check their forecast and pretty much everyone has the same thing. Stable temperatures, kind of average warm stuff, no major precipitation events. Um, so because of that, I'm not super duper, you know, shooting the stars optimistic. Um, I'm kind of a middle of the road right now. So I think it's like a five five or six. Um, I say that because there's no weather that makes it extra special, but at the same time, it's not bad because this is the beginning of the season and opening days, opening weekends, opening weeks, you know, as we've mentioned, they, they can really be a great opportunity to catch a deer unaware, a deer still on their major bed to feed pattern. And if you know it, this is a great time to get out there and move. And a lot of times that these deer, they're moving a lot in daylight still, regardless of how warm it is, because they've been doing that all summer. And until they have a reason to change, you know, hunting pressure, or once we get later into the year, they, they do start adjusting and reacting to hot weather differently. But right now, I'm not too concerned about it being 80 degrees. That's okay. Five days straight of 80 degrees, you know what, I love a cold front, sure. But I still think I got a chance. And I think everybody else out there does too. So, you know, a five or a six, get out there, make your own stars, and uh, get that get that opening loop bucket. 
Yeah, and you can tell me if this is hyperbolic, Mark, but I consider like this first week of September to be maybe like the best stretch for the next eight weeks until we get to like October 24th or 25th. Um, and this is sort of ignoring the like perfect cold front that might land on October 8th um, and like what your crop status is on October 15th and stuff like that. But I think this first week of September is like maybe your best shot at a mature buck for potentially like the next two months or so. Yeah. You know, you, I don't think you're too far off. I think, um, I think it really is. And, and it, that same thing could apply to anyone's first week to a degree, right? Whatever the first week of your season, or the first few days of your season will be one of your best chances until late October, whether that's now or mid September or a little later in September. But if you do have that first week right now, it is probably the best of the opening weeks because of all the things we just talked about. There's, there's no better time to catch them on their bed to feed pattern. There's no better time to catch them still in those summer kind of stupid phase where they move as much as they do. And they're as active as they are and bachelored up still and unaware and, and not too concerned about what's going on. So, so yeah, it is a, it is a good time to be in the tree. I think a lot of people are going to have some success this week, despite the kind of blah weather. Well said. All right, Mark, let's do a preview of uh, the wired to hunt content that's to come for the rest of the fall. And I am like a big Minnesota Vikings fan, but when the season ends in like January, I don't usually start listening to Vikings podcasts again until like August. And I think there's a lot of hunters that are in the same boat. So maybe we have some listeners that <laughs> stepped away uh, from listening to hunting podcasts since like December. And they're just now getting back into it. And they've maybe missed all the, the news that we've talked about for the last few months. So what should folks know about for wired to hunt this fall? Oh my goodness, Spencer. First off, shame on anyone who stopped listening until now, <laughs> <laughs> but, but welcome back. Um, but you make a great point. Uh, there's been so much, man. We, as you know, obviously we've kind of relaunched wired to hunt this year in a big new way. So there's a lot. We've got our own website now of sorts. It's, it's themeateater.com slash wired. And that's the wired to hunt website homepage now. And there's dozens of new articles, lots and lots and lots of new content from some really great hunters covering all facets, covering hunting, scouting, management, uh, habitat work, public land, private land, everything you could think of. We've got it covered now. So there's these new articles on the wired to hunt website. We have the Wired to Hunt weekly newsletter, which comes out every Monday, which has kind of a, an update from me and then links to the best of our new articles. We relaunched the Wired to Hunt YouTube channel. So we have new how-to videos coming out every Monday there, which are coming from folks like me, Tony Peterson, and guest, uh, guest contributors like Levi Morgan, who we just posted one from Levi. He's a like 17-time world champion archer talking about how he fine-tunes his bow accessories. Uh, Tony has covered stuff about staging areas, and I've covered stuff about bedding areas recently. And These are short, punchy, helpful how-tos, so definitely check that out. Um, we have a new podcast mini-series, which I alluded to earlier, which is Tony's show. So we've got a, we've got a packed podcast schedule. Every Tuesday is the Foundations mini-series, and that's this episode in which Tony breaks down one specific foundational whitetail topic in detail and kind of gives you like a college masterclass lecture on that for about 15 minutes 
every week, every Tuesday, and they're they're great. And then Wednesday, of course, is this one, the Rut Fresh podcast mini series with you, Spencer. And then every Thursday is the main episode with me and my guests in the kind of long form conversations we've traditionally done. So that's the podcast. Those are the videos. Um, you know, of course, you are helping manage a lot that's going on with the website. And we've got a lot more contributors there. Um, myself, you, Clay Newcomb, Tony. Uh, we've added some new contributors, people like Bo Martonic, John Eberhardt, Emily Kantner, uh, Andy May, Tony Hansen, Alex Gilstrom, and, and more. Um, there's a lot. So, so yes, in short, be checking out what we've got going on at Wired to Hunt because if you love whitetail hunting, we are pumping it out for you at a rate that has never been done before. Um, and it's keeping you and me very busy, isn't it? Yeah. And then uh, the back 40, though, is over with for 2021. So is there something that's like taking its place, Mark, or anything you can talk about on that front? Mm, yes. Good point. Back 40, the back 40 show is done. Um, although I am going out there and helping with some of the new hunter mentorship programs out there. Um, so we're actually going to do a hunt, a couple hunts this year there where I will be mentoring some new hunters, which will be cool. But yeah, we're actually working on a couple new shows, um, too soon to like announce all the details, but I can tell you one of them is going to be filmed this year and released this year. And that is actually going to feature you too, my friend, you and me and a couple of our friends will be going and chasing some rutting whitetails across the country. And we will be documenting that for a new show that, uh, super excited about that'll be coming out later this year. So stay tuned. You will have some, uh, some exciting time in the tree or in the field with Spencer Newharth to watch very soon. So not <laughs> only do you get to watch Spencer in his apron cooking up tasty coyote meat, you can mm -hmm. now watch Spencer chasing whitetails. Uh, so be a big year my friend i'm stoked it's it's the thing i have been most excited about all year uh for me during content so I'm, I'm really excited to get started on that uh but the takeaway message is that there is like an overwhelming amount of wired to hunt content being made um whether you want to read what we have to say listen to what we have to say or, or watch us do stuff uh there there is more than ever and then specific assignments mark if if you're hitting the woods this weekend i want you to go to the media.com backslash wired and to check out some articles that we have if you are going to be hunting this weekend we have some really useful material like how to kill an early season buck in september from tony peterson the best setups for killing a velvet buck from tony peterson how to kill a whitetail buck in opening day from dylan tramp and how to kill a whitetail buck hunting water which we talked about earlier mark why that's going to be so relevant again from tony peterson now if you don't have an opener this weekend, say you got to wait like another four or five or six weeks for the hunters that can't hunt quite yet. We have a ton of useful material for you as well, uh, like a Bomartonic piece on how to eat, how to e-scout big woods for whitetails. Uh, the best archery advice I've ever gotten from Mark Kenyon, how to chum whitetails, which is something that is very seasonal right now from Alex Gilstrom. And then three mods that will improve your mobile hunting setup from Andy May. Now, those are our written things that are going to help folks out right now. What about Mark for old videos or old podcasts that you would recommend for whitetail hunters in early September? Yeah. Um, you got a lot there on the written side and it's funny you bring it up because I actually was working on a new episode of the wired hunt podcast. that's going to go out 
tomorrow. So if you're listening to them on Wednesday, on Thursday, you're going to hear this new episode that I'm working on. And I was going to do a compilation episode in which I'd go back and pull all of the best insights from previous podcasts about hunting in September. Because I thought for sure, there must be a lot of great stuff that we could point back to. And I went and looked and we didn't have anything. I have no good September podcast. So I don't have anything good to point people towards. (laughs) But I do, I can tell you that we created new stuff for tomorrow. So everything, you know, what we covered here today is going to be like a really nice appetizer for tomorrow's episode in which we do a really deep dive into a bunch of these topics with myself and Tony Peterson and four other guests. So we kind of have a best of September full month strategy conversation that I think um, if you if you got excited about what we're talking about here today, you're really going to like tomorrow as we get kind of a, an expanded view of all these ideas and more. So, so I would just say tune in for our main episode coming in hot called Mastering September. So tune in to that as soon as it drops. I like it. That is going to be a fun listen. Any other final words of wisdom, Mark, before we get out of here? You know, the only thing I would say is you, you listed a whole bunch of homework for us. Um, <laughs> all those articles, Spencer. Uh, and that's, I love it. But I think we should drop all the links for those in the show description so that people can have a place to go find them. So let's try to do that. Let's try to put this in the show notes. Like, so if you were to go to Spotify, you click the link for the information, or if you just go to the podcast page on our website, themeateater.com and navigate to this episode's you know, website, you would be able to see the links so that, you know, I don't think anyone's going to remember all those nine different articles, but just go to the website, to the podcast for this episode. You'll see the links there and there's all the reading that Spencer mentioned. I think that's probably the, the easiest way for people to be able to do that, don't you? Yes, I like it. That is something that we will try to do on every episode is drop some relevant links in the description. Uh, and, and I genuinely mean it that these are like some of the best whitetail whitetail killers I know. Um, and, and they're writing about their specialty, whether it's Tony Peterson hunting water, Bomartonic e-scouting, Big Woods, um, or Andy May talking about mods to a, a mobile hunting setup. Um, I, I'm really excited about this content. So go to the show notes and, and you'll find what we have available there. Um, all right, Mark, well, let's get out of here. Good luck in the woods this weekend. And until we talk next time, stay wired to hunt. For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in this sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com. F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com.